Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Chapter 15 of Epictetus's Discourses contains a really interesting topic of discussion, which allows us to distinguish between what is actually taught by the Stoic philosophy and what might appear to be taught by it, but is very clearly not taught by it and is contrary to the Stoic way of approaching things. And this is the attitude or the problem, we might say, of stubbornness or hardness. You know, when we talk about somebody having a hard heart and not wanting to listen to other people once they've made up their mind, obstinacy is another way of translating this. By the way, this is one of the passages in which the word sophomore gets used. Epictetus says, I don't really want to have friends who are wise fools in this way. And that's what sophomore means. There's sort of a a paradoxicality to it. So he's saying some people actually get stoic doctrines wrong. He says, when they've heard the following precepts, one ought to be steadfast. Good, right? That's true. And the moral purpose is naturally free and not subject to compulsion. Also true and good. Well, everything else is liable to interference and compulsion. Subject to others, not our own. Also good. Good starting points, right? He says, well, some people then, I say, fancy that whenever they formed a judgment, they ought to stand by it immovably, right? So once they've made a judgment about something, they should stick with it stubbornly, not allow themselves to be moved. And the question is, well, is that actually right? Should they? They're convinced that that's what they ought to do. Nobody else can change my mind. I've got total freedom over it. Screw everybody else. Screw the world. I'm going to think what I like. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise because I have that choice. Now, it's clear that they can, in fact, do that because a lot of people do do precisely that. Quite often that comes out when they have a discussion with somebody and, you know, they try to have some dialogue and then they just take their stand and they're not going to be moved from it. But the real question is, well, should they be doing that? Epictetus says, think about this. What's being left out here? Is it important just to take a position and then stick with it? And we might say the same thing from a critical thinking perspective. Is the most important thing that you articulate your point of view and then you provide all sorts of arguments for it? Or is it more important that you actually make sure that your point of view isn't crazy? That it's actually in touch with reality? That it's reflective of some sort of evidence? It's not enough just to be able to to argue your case or to take a stand and say, here I am, I shall not be moved from this. It's important that it be the right stand, because if it's not, you're actually doing something quite bad. You're harming yourself, and you're probably harming others in the process. So it's much more important to focus on getting your judgments right in the first place. And this is what's really problematic about this attitude of stubbornness. Not only has it left that out of the picture, but by taking the sort of attitude that it is, by hardening the position, it makes it difficult to impossible to actually bring this to the person's attention. So Epictetus gives some examples here. He says, here's what happened. I had a friend of mine, for no reason, made up his mind to starve himself to death. I learned about it when he was already in the third day of his fasting and went and asked what had happened. I have decided, he answered, 
And then Epictetus says, that's fine, but what was it that induced you to make up your mind? For if your judgment was good, see, we are at your side and ready to help you make your exit from this life. But if your judgment was irrational, change it. And then the guy says, I have to abide by my decisions. Now, see, at this point, you can see that there's something wrong. Epictetus has asked him, I think that what you're doing might have to be called into question. What, what was your reasoning leading to this? Why did you do it? I mean, if, if you're doing the right thing, I've got your back. I'm totally behind you. Just want to know why you're doing this. And the guy says, I made the choice. Now, is that a, an actual response? Not really. It's a closing things off rather than responding. So Epictetus says, very well. But still, what was it that induced you to make up your mind? If your judgment was good, what are you doing? You mean not all your decisions, but only the right ones. The guy says, I need to stick by my decisions, right? Why? That's a global judgment, right? I have to stick by all of my judgments. How do you know that judgment's correct? Have you tested it? Have you analyzed it? Have you had any, you know, what would you say, a fresh pair of eyes on it? Epictetus says, you don't mean all your decisions, only the right ones. For example, if you're convinced at this moment it's night, don't change your opinion if that seems best to you, but abide by it and say that you ought to abide by your decisions. Do you not wish to make your beginning and foundation firm? That is to consider whether your decision is sound or unsound, and only after you've done that proceed to build upon the structure of your determination and your firm resolve? If you lay a rotten and crumbling foundation, you can't build even a small building. But the bigger and the stronger your superstructure is, the more quickly it's going to fall down. Without any reason, you're taking out of this life to our detriment a human being who is a familiar friend, a citizen of the same state, both the large state and the small, and then, though in the act of murder and while engaged in the destruction of a human being that's done no wrong, you say, you must abide by your decisions. But if the idea ever entered in your head to kill me, would you have to abide by your decisions? And so this is a very important point. He's saying, this is a big thing right here. Why are you just, you know, stubbornly sticking to a decision that you made when you don't actually know whether it's the right decision? Look, I'm giving you some new considerations here. Think about what you're doing to everybody who cares about you. Think about what you're doing to your society. Think about the fact that you're not supposed to be doing this. And the guy just wants to stick with it. Now, Epictetus says, some people you cannot reach. You can't get them to actually change their views. This actually goes against what is good for them. He says, it's to our advantage to be persuaded that it's not enough to have reached decisions and to refuse to change. That condition of stubbornness is not good for us. It's to our advantage to listen and say, all right, let me see if I can provide you with some sort of justification for what I'm doing. If we're unwilling to do that, he says, this is really a kind of madness, an illness or sickness of the mind, uh, being irrational, being irrational about what is most important to us. And it has to be treated accordingly. He also says that people like that are not to be relied upon. You might think that they are going to stick completely with whatever it is that they've decided. But the problem is, since the only basis for them sticking with their judgment, their decision, is the fact that they say, that's important to me, what if that changes? What if the next moment they say, well, I, I'm going to decide this instead? What are they really getting out of making this claim that they are somehow being steadfast when really they're only being stubborn? 
That's an important thing that one would have to analyze. And so Epictetus, you know, he goes on and he says some, some very important things about this. He says, rest assured, there's nothing to prevent you from someday turning irrationally to the opposite decision. I have decided is not an actual reason to stick with things. He says, this is the way the sick mind goes. It's uncertain which way it's inclined, but when vehemence is added to this, then the evil gets past help and past cure. It gets, you know, stuck into the person, and they're, they're you know, not going to change the way that they're orienting themselves. He gives another example earlier on about the body. He says, I want vigor in the body, but it must be the vigor of the body in a state of health and physical exercise, where if you show me that you possess the vigor of a madman and boast about it, I will say to you, look for someone to cure you. This is not vigor, but actually weakness or, or feebleness. This is not the state of mind that a person who is doing Stoic philosophy in a practical way is going to fall into. This is something that sometimes does get portrayed as Stoicism, because a person is, is being resolute, they're taking a position, they are using the freedom of their faculty of choice to do that. They're saying, I'm not gonna let external things uh, like threats or other people's attempts to provide me with incentives or anything like that change my mind. I'm not gonna succumb to social pressure, but it's actually something very different from the attitude of the Stoic, because the Stoic is, like I said, concerned with getting the judgments right in the first place and then building upon those. That's not to say that, you know, if you're a Stoic, you have to somehow be throwing everything up in the air all the time. The Stoic is a dogmatic position in that there are dogmata, that is, you know, sort of teachings that they think are correct and they're going to keep following. But you know, the Stoic is the first person to say that if the dogmata turn out to be wrong, then you need to move away from them. Before you actually judge that they're wrong, though, you want to make sure that that judgment is actually correct as well. You don't want to be over hasty in doing that. But it's not going to be anything like this obstinacy. That's irrational, and that's not fulfilling the purpose of a human being, which is to develop a faculty of choice that is free, unrestrained, that can orient oneself and, and move into the good, the good for human beings. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.